0: This is Tim Roy, and you're listening to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Shout out to Tim Roy on the call for every single Warriors game on 95.7 The Game. He got it! Yes, he did, and the Warriors got one last night against the Sixers, but they are still four games below 500. we We're taking your calls at 888-957-9570. Evan in for Stine. Hopefully he's going to be back tomorrow off the hip surgery. Guru in with you as always. I promise we will get to the San Francisco 49ers as we are 11 days away from Super Bowl 58 representing the NFC against the Kansas City Chiefs. But let's get out to the phone lines, Guru. We've yep. been taking calls. We've been getting into this conversation up. about where people are at. 888-957-9570. We want to hear from you. Let's get into it with Sonny in San Jose. What's going on, Sonny? How you doing, my man?
1: Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, one me one. Oh, boy. Oh, wow.
2: You doing uh, homework? And is it, it ain't sunny in San Jose, cause no, it uh, yeah, it's stormy. No, sorry,
0: sunny. Bye, bye.
2: No, you got to come shot. ready. We don't wait yeah. for you. Like that hey. actually kind of pissed me off. Actually, hold on, guys. I need Can to I go talk to, to the front. Be ready. Yeah, Please like, call on. back.
0: Call back, sunny. Yeah. We'll try and get you on. Let's go to Tom and Sonoma. Tom and Sonoma, get us rolling, my man.
3: Hey, Guru. Hey, Evans. How you guys doing, man? On hey. this fine a... rainy day. All right. Hey, Guru. <laughs> I want to make a point with you, man. A Little while ago, you said you wanted to stay pat with the Warriors. I I have a problem, man. Okay. Uh we stay pat. We're not going nowhere. We're gonna do a play in and we're gonna be out if we get there. So
4: wow.
3: uh I'm willing I'm willing to this is in this order, I'm willing to trade. Clay, Chris, and Moody. And that order. Mm. Um mm. yeah. Uh we need uh, we need a wing or we need a center. We need somebody can score in the fourth quarter. We need somebody to play defense. If we don't get that, we're not going anywhere. We're missing one Piece, man. One piece. Let me ask we you this. It.
2: You you've given me the names that you want to use a sale, but can you give me do you got any names on your list of who you could acquire? Because that's what I was telling Evan. That's where I'm I get somber at it's like, what what are those three and good players? What are they gonna really get you? Like what difference maker?
3: I, I agree to that. There's not a lot out there, man. Um uh I'm I'm kinda hung on the on the door too because there's not a lot of selections, but we need we need something new. Mm. We need a new face. We need we need new new outlooks Fresh and blood. that's what we're not wow. having. Well, all right. Uh, a second I want to make one more point guys. I hope the NBA commissioner is listening to this because the NBA is changing and it, I'm not liking it. You know, the, the NBA wants to make it all offense and penalize the defense, man. When we have 43 fouls against the Lakers, and we have 16. And you have knick-knack fouls that get called, and you get a hard foul that doesn't get called. There is a problem. It's because it's, umpires are up to interpretation. We need a standardization of what a foul is. So it's all the same. You know, the NBA's changing, and if you go all offense, you're going to lose me as a fan, man, because I think they're just destroying the defensive part of this game and i wish they quit doing that and you know and quit penalizing players so I'd love to hear what you guys say. Thank you guys so much. You have a great day.
0: You too. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate
2: the call, man. I thought he was going to say the increase in scoring, you know, by the individuals. You know, we saw a barrage of 70s and Oh, yeah, In the last week and, there were oh, four. four
0: players that had 60 or more yeah. points. Cat. Yeah. Booker, Cat, although oh, was in a loss. <laughs> Joel Embiid, yeah. and then, of course, Luka Doncic. But this is what I'll say. It's a shame. It's embarrassing, right? Really. <laughs> it, it, it is. Kobe that at game. 81, though. Yeah, selfish. Yeah, the mamba. But – The scoring, I don't want to say it's overblown. Like, there's a lot more scoring than there's ever been. And on average, I think it's gone up by like 15 points in the last 10 years, the average score in the NBA. But, Goo, I also saw on Monday a great close, low-scoring, defensive-driven game between Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Yeah, you text me. It was a great game. I put it on. I saw the Denver Nuggets at home against the Milwaukee Bucks go down to the wire, win 113-107. I think that when teams lock in, and this is my, I guess, bigger takeaway from the offensive rise in the NBA, I just think there's less effort. But when players do want to lock in, Mm -hmm. when they do want to defend – they can do it. They, there still is the ability to, but I just think there's less buy-in from that end of the court than there's ever been.
2: Man, Evan, that that's deep, and it sounds like you would tell Adam Silver if you're having some coffee or beer with them at the old ship. You know what? You don't have a problem. Half of this scorn is guys got to come ready to play. And your point is, it sounds like. Let me know if I'm wrong, Evan. When they wanna, you know, when they wanna d up. It affects the game and will gu- keep guys great, guy, great players like the Bookers or the Lucas in the world. Um down from scoring. I don't think the refs are doing anything to where hey Evan, if you want to go out there and be Gary Payton um, one and two uh, we're going to strip you of that and and call some BS. It's not that and you talk about it. What do we say? Uh, you can manipulate your way through an NBA season because guys know and I think the Lakers are doing it right now that they have the necessary uh, size and players that when it's go time Evan, they'll look different than they do maybe five days during the a normal seven-day week where Laker fans are ready to jump off the bridge because they think they don't have enough. So it does, to me, have a lot to do with will and
0: want. It's easier to manipulate the refs than ever before. I mean, the, the call on, I think it was Patrick Beverly last night on Steph, I thought was kind of iffy. I'll give you that. Um, but wow. there was a call that Draymond asked to be challenged later in the game, in which he thought he went straight up, and on the replay, he didn't. Like I, I, just, I just think that the refs are in a position where the rules are easier than ever to score. I think there's more gifted scores on every single team right. than there's ever been before. And there's a lack of buy-in defensively mm. as, like from man 1 through 15. Wow. And that's why we're seeing more scoring than ever. The one thing that I thought he was going to get on the NBA for, which I'm completely in, in agreement with, is about this this, this qualification you got to get in order to qualify for... A league award or an All NBA team. The sixty-five games. Joel and should not have been on the floor last night. I love you for that. Joel that was Embiid bad for Philly. Less than a hundred percent was clearly he hurt. He wasn't seventy, Evan. And shame—I talked about this last night. Shame on the Denver Nuggets. Shame on Mike Malone for accusing this guy of not wanting to smoke in a meaningless, stupid regular season game at Pepsi Arena oh, in Devon. Nobody that. wants to see that. Oh, I missed oh, that. Oh, he doesn't want to play because he's got the Jokic flu. No, he doesn't want to play because he's got a clear knee injury, you don't. And,
2: and he's about a couple hours away from an MRI after Dre fell on him. Like, I'm mad at everybody involved with Philly. I wanted him to play, but when I saw him compromise and was just a, a glorified point guard shooting shots – you could tell he was compromised. Like, that's your money tick. That is your, your all your hope. Evan, I'm, I think everybody with Philly nurse, and the the doctors and nurses, they got it wrong. He shouldn't have been out there, man. Now he's an MRI away from maybe being gone from a week or two. But I'm with you. I don't like that 65 games played.
0: Yeah, like, if you're going to miss games because you're resting or there's load management, I get that. I'm Although, quietly, Evan. that rule has not stopped people from, quote-unquote, resting or Talk taking games off. So... It only applies to all-star, all-star caliber players. Everyone has been taking as much time as yeah, they need, no doubt. but it penalizes players for actual injuries. Now, if the MVP award. For example, Joel Embiid. If he plays like he did last year, I think he played sixty-eight games. Yeah. That was the fewest for an MVP as far as percentage of games played in the season. He's in since jeopardy Bill now, Already, he is in missed. jeopardy of not qualifying for an award that he deserves right wow, now because man. he's the front runner. He's been the best team in basketball, by the way. Uh, yeah, thank you, Uncle Teddy. Kaminga, yeah, Embiid. Can, thank you. No, no matter, another uh, no here or no yeah. there. But my thing is, like, you shouldn't be penalized for missing games due to injury. You shouldn't have, because this also affects your bread. If you don't make an All-NBA team, you don't qualify for a Supermax. (sighs) You don't qualify to make more money. If you're missing games, now, if the games missed result in you not being as valuable to the media, to the voters, that's one thing. If you miss time, like, if Curry plays 40 games in a season, he shouldn't be on the All-NBA team because he's hurt. Same with Embiid. But if you're a 65 game player, if you're a 62 game player, and you're still proving to be the most valuable player in basketball, or one of the best players in basketball, I I don't think there should be a qualification or a rule built into the CBA that should prevent you from being on one of those teams if you are, in fact, deserving of being on those teams.
2: And now you have me thinking maybe that's why MB was out there, Evan. Thinking, exactly. Thinking that, you he was know, trying to get to his 20 to minutes. The yoke is just exactly like, let me count this one in. It's the Warriors, they're struggling, and then Dre and company gave them the business or made it difficult. I mean, how many times was he losing the ball? You could just tell
0: he was hampered, man. Yeah, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Also, let's let's get back to into the Warriors a little bit here. We got the Niners coming Warriors. up. Let's do that about eleven thirty. I want to get into your discussion about the pressure about mm-hmm. the big game and a kind of a discussion that I think surrounds, obviously, the head coaches, but I think more importantly, uh, the, these two very differently placed quarterbacks, their legacies, the type of pressure that could be on them. So we're going to get to that at 1130. But we're taking your calls right now, 888-957-9570. Let's get out to Stockton bring on Oscar. Oscar, what's up, my man? How you doing?
4: I'm doing good. How y'all doing today, man? What's up? Oh, hey, man, talk man, to us. Real, the big O. Man, I'm out here doing okay, man. I was just like. Thinking about how the Warriors, how everybody was jumping off the bandwagon. And, you know, one thing about me, I watch sports and I'm a Warrior fan. But right now, we're not going to trade for anybody. And who are we going to trade for that can fit our system? That's why I don't understand why people keep on saying that. We're not going to trade. We got to do it internally. And with the death of assistant coach Mimola, if I pronounce it right, I mean, and with the way the Niners are playing, you got to remember. We are the Warriors. We are champions. And Steve Kerr, he's finally making the switch. It's on him. Like you said, Guru, I sit here and go crazy. I understand the minute restrictions for Steph. But right now, we can't play that game. When he's hot, he's hot. Leave him in the game leave them in the game. Same way with we Clay. We, we cannot play that substitution role like we used to play. We don't have that time. We, we have to win right now. So leave the players in the game that's playing up to point and then do your substitution because right now we have to win. he got to go away with that. And I think Steve Kerr, he will do that. And this is my last thing i got to say. The Warriors, if you're watching the NBA, we're not too far out of there, man. A lot of teams are losing and we're gaining ground because Wiggins is starting to play and they unleash Kaminga. And we are missing Gary Payton, Moody, and C P three. And Draymond just came back, man. And now you see what happened to Steph. Yeah. His game is open back up. I mean, just let the Warriors be the Warriors, and we can't trade for anybody. We, we just can't trade for anybody. They, we, they can't fit, do the Warrior system like that. And on that point, man, everybody have a good day. Remember, with the loss of the Warriors assistant coach, it's going to make sure the Warriors push themselves. Believe that.
2: Wow. Thanks, right. Oscar. I appreciate the call. Nice call, man. Can I read this to you, Evan? Of course. I I like Oscar's call on the uh, First NorCal Credit Union YouTube chat. David Hernandez, enough with Fit Our System. Our system is broken. Change the system. Are you there? I don't think the system's broken. I'm not a system player. I am a system. <laughs> dude, they or not? They are a Clippers system right legit, now. They've been, but been playing not some ball. Real.
0: They've been playing some ball. I
2: think there's a victory lap in there for me somewhere, but we'll figure it out later. It's he gets back. But, dude, yeah, the system ain't broken. It's, it needed some tweaks and some
0: guys to, you know, to step the, up. The system is Steph. I mean, wow. it's like, I'm I, sorry. It, it, the system is Steph Curry. As long as he's playing at a high level, the system cannot be broken. Damn. I mean, everything revolves around him. He's the son. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Particle. I love that. <laughs> He's the son in Golden State. Everything revolves around him. I know that last night was fantastic because it looked like Wiggins and Kaminga could play together. Yeah. Draymond Green's giving them something defensively. Pods That's all ball. well and good. Yeah. But if Curry lays an egg, they don't win that basketball game. If Curry doesn't play well, they don't win. No matter how good the bench is, no matter how good everyone else is, they've won a game this year in which Steph didn't make a three, and that was against the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Against the big boys, like last night, quite literally, Joel Embiid, that doesn't work. So, I mean, I, I I hear the 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 concept of the system needs to change, Kerr needs to do this, it needs to do that. I, right now, I think the system is geared to where it should be, which is number 30. Yeah, I, I love that. That was a home run. You're right. Now let's get back to the calls. Mike's out in Oakland wants to chime in on the conversation. What's going on, my man? Mike, how are you?
4: Wow, wow, wow. good morning, gentlemen. Uh, The guy before me pretty much covered a lot of stuff, Um, but I also agree with the Warriors stay pat. You got you got three major guys that are injured right now. Wiggins is healing from whatever it is that brought him down. Draymond is here. So he settles the team down, he helps Steve Curry's rotation, and he gets Steph Curry's shot. So those things right there will help the Warriors a great deal. Also, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> integrity is a problem with professional sports today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to get an honest game call today, and it really makes me mad. It's making me bitter about watching sports. I just wanted to throw that in. Go Warriors. Thank you.
0: Appreciate it, Mike. I, I, I think some people, and, and I was taking calls on this last time I wore his wrap-up, goo, I think a lot of people are in still now or have been switched to the wait-and-see mode as opposed to, you know, blow this thing up, yeah. send players out left and right, Shem Sharania is right on, everybody but Steph is on the table. I do think we are back, or it feels like a lot of fans are back to seeing the wait and kind of let this thing play out, game.
2: Yeah, and you know what? A, a big part of you—you you, kind of just talking to you here in the last couple of minutes—have me thinking why I'm back or I'm at the bus stop again. And Evan, it does start and end with Steph Curry. He is—he's hunting those shots, and and they're coming off as they're—they're natural. I'm Steph Curry shots. It's not I got to do so damn much before I got to get to my spot. Number twenty three is helping me get to my spot. Uh, I got Kaminga. Curry talked about it post game. You know he was trapped and normally he would force something or you know hit it, bob it, you know head fake, but pump mm-hmm. one, two, three. But this time bounce pass to Kaminga. Like there's more outlets to, for the continuity of the offense for the better. So. I Evan, I'm here for it. I got my popcorn, but (laughs) I don't wanna say is 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 you know, excited as I am, the unfortunate but the, the the fact of the matter is they have dug themselves a hole. 20 and 24 is, isn't good for anybody, so now it's about the margin of error, depending on if you're going to keep everybody and, and and wait for health, health is wealth, and give it the old college try, because you are right. 20 and 24 in this road trip, there are not many, you know what, we can get them tomorrow type of thing, because the math is not on your side right now.
0: No, it's not. And that's why if there's something that can be a bright spot, it's to me that this starting lineup looks like it could be one that could win you games on the plus side for an entire month. But this is it too, Goo. For example, if they go and lay an egg in Memphis or Atlanta or Brooklyn because you essentially you got four games to make a decision. February 8th uh, is coming up, and they're going to be in Indiana, I think, that day. But if you got four games left until the trade deadline to make your choice, if this starting five can't string together, I would say, three of the next four victories. Oh, talk to me. Well, then peace has got to be moved. Like if this, Because I think this is the the best potential they have for a five. I'm with you. If this team, if this group can't do it, well, then Mike Dunleavy's is going to have to press some buttons because if they can't do it, I don't see them getting so much better internally that they'll be able to flip this thing around, even to the point where we're operation play in. Wow. They're and serious. what did you
2: tell the boss this morning that the day of the uh, February 8th, I believe, the deadline day, they have a game that day, right? Yeah, they
0: play at 7 o'clock uh, right now, or they played 7 o'clock local time in Indiana. Okay. So 4 o'clock Randy. here. But yeah. I believe the deadline is 3 p.m. Eastern. Okay. So, yeah, they're going to have to make a move before that game. They got four games left to and make a, a move. a lot
2: is riding on these four, I believe. It as is. As far as what we're going for this season.
0: And Dunleavy talked about being in wait-and-see mode, using the next 15 games to evaluate, to reevaluate. We are 11 now. Well, you got four left. <laughs> so your evaluation better be spot on if you're going to try and keep this thing together, if you're going to move pieces, if you're gonna inter you know, kind of intersperse pieces. What is going on? Unlimited possibilities. Unlimited possibilities. Eight eighty eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number. Sonny's in San Jose. Looks like he's back Sonny. What's going on, Sunny? How you doing, my man?
1: Hey, what's up, guys? Sorry about that earlier. Um, I have two points to make. First of all, thank you for having me on. Um, I have two points to make. Uh one is about Steve Kerr and then second about is about the uh, roster construction. So first point on Steve Kerr. Um someone on a call, mentioned earlier uh, that Kerr is a big problem, and um, even though I'm kind of in the middle of the spectrum there, whether Kerr's the biggest problem or not a problem at all, uh, we see it time and time and time again. One was on that LeBron drive where he subbed out Steph Curry. Um, you think to get some more size, because everyone knows the ball's going to LeBron James, right? For the last shot, he subs in six-two uh, Corey Joseph, mm. <laughs> and guess what LeBron does? Bully balls, bully balls his way to the rim for a layup or free throws. It's those kind of decisions where everybody can see it. It, it. Second thing, playing Dario Saric at the at the five, Dario Saric is not a five. He's a he, he's not defending anyone inside, and he's a stretch. He's a stretch four, and, and it's these kind of decisions where it, it makes you question like, how is everyone else outside of Seeker seeing this stuff? And it's so obvious, and he can't seem to get away from his philosophies his 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 uh set in stone rotations and this and that. So I think it's a big problem and he has lost them so many games. Um I think that has been a big problem in uh in them losing all these close games. Uh second point I want to make is the roster construction. Um we hear of uh you know buy low, sell high all the time. Wiggins has turned it around but they do need to move Wiggins and Chris Paul. Go get a big. Um this lineup yesterday, even if Clay comes in for pods with Draymond at the five is not sustainable for 40 more regular season games as well as uh uh the throughout the playoffs if they want to make it far um they need to go get a center i understand this is the best lineup but this isn't a lineup you start all the time so move Wiggins for a guy like uh, i know you guys asked who's out there um you can go you can go get a guy like Nick Claxton you can go get Wendell Carter i know uh, I know Lori Martin is a pipe dream, but there are guys out there where you need to just fill these margins, and uh, these little moves will make the biggest difference. And you move Wiggins for a big, then you can go enter in clay, start Kaminga, put Draymond at the four, and then have a five that you can play. And then you've got these wow. rotational pieces. So there are moves out there, man. Appreciate the call, Sonny. Thanks, Sonny. Yeah, Uh,
0: I I think there's a couple of things there. Number one, you're seeing someone (laughs) like Sharich or Looney or TJD at the 5. You're not seeing them there very often. Again, Draymond played 30 minutes last night at the 5. Like When he plays, he is at the Mm 5. The other part of it, too, is as much as I would love to go see the Warriors make a move for a big, you also do then run into kind of the same issue that they had in the Lakers series last year, Goo, which is you have two non-scorers at your four and five position. I think that's one of the reasons why Kerr has activated this particular starting line.
2: Right. I was go
0: ahead. Let me stop. Because yeah. then you have more shooting, you have more spacing, and while you're smaller and defensively, you might be compromised at times. I think it more affects the rebounding and second chance opportunities. But Draymond and Looney didn't play well together, even when Looney was playing well last season. If you go and bring in a traditional five, aka a guy that's gonna be down low on the block, that's gonna be clogging the paint, I don't know if that helps someone like Kaminga, who when this when the when the floor is spaced then he can attack the ten. Then he can get downhill. So it's. I don't think it's just as simple as well. Flip this guy for this guy. Bring in a traditional five, and all is salt No doubt.
2: And I'll say this to that, Evan. Uh, teams man- naturally manipulated the Warriors and took advantage of the Warriors when it face- basically felt like on offense with Looney and Dre. You were playing three on five. But I'm gonna take a second. I've done it before, Evan. Dario Saric. I'm sorry, shooting 41 percent from three. Uh, 13 put ten points a game. Five rebounds. He gives you everything he has, and he's not going to curse saying, put me in the five, coach, but Evan, I do think a lot gets lost. He's shooting 49% from the field on... Okay, yeah, he gives up something. He's not the only one. But, Evan, if I had a dollar for every time he hits a big basket when the game is kind of teetering or getting away from the Warriors when they do win games, I I just can't pick up a phone and make that call and says what ails the Golden State Warriors is Sarich. He's been more of a plus than a negative to me. Nobody could tell me different.
0: He's been – I think he's been net neutral. But I think the Warriors got bigger reasons why they look like they might be able to turn a corner. And I think it has to do with this starting lineup. Also, we can talk about it uh, coming up on the other side. Uh, just heard that Steve Kerr is going to be joining the boys in the afternoon, Willard and Dibbs, at 5 o'clock. So I'm sure today. i have some answers okay. to some of those yep. questions. Hang on through the break. Mike, Jan, Nick, I see you. We'll take your calls on the other side. 888-957-9570 is the number. It's also a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit com today. Steiny hopefully, is going to be back tomorrow off his hip surgery. Evan Getting's in for him alongside Daryl DeGruber-Johnson. We're back after this, 95-7 The Game. The Guru Steiny, Guru Steiny, Guru Steiny, show. Let's go. Uh, Gurus in the house. Stein's gonna be back hopefully tomorrow. Evan in for Steiny. Steiny, what do he doing?
2: Listening to us. What up, Steiny?
0: No, he's probably watching a documentary Yay. on the Arctic. We
2: he's, gotta tell him about the four corners when we get back. Maybe
0: with a couple of suds. Oh, yes, we you do. we be a Spadone We've been playing the four corners Stinches offense Gips against Steiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been he's active on the like, vine. What are they talking about? I hope yeah. he's not listening. Yeah, like, probably going to con- confirm some suspicions. No, he's had. no, we
2: love you, buddy. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, hopefully he'll be back tomorrow, uh, getting the okay off yeah. his hip surgery. So much love to Matt Steinmetz. Evan Inferstiny. Though this from the six five zero in the Comcast Business Text Line, talking about the trade deadline of coming for the Warriors. If last night's game means anything in the grand scheme of things, if you trust the commitment to the starting lineup wow. moving forward, if you feel like it could be fool's gold. They're four games under five hundred, but do they have what it takes to turn the corner? These are all things we're weighing right now. And of course, we are going to get into the into the San Francisco 49ers coming up in just a little bit. Some very interesting sound that our boss actually pulled from way back when. This is when, great, man. From the owner himself, Jed York. And to see things coming full circle is something I do want to dig into. But this is from the 650. Morning, guys. Other than mooning the CP expiring contract, I don't see the Warriors doing much by the deadline. They're lacking tradable draft picks right now and you don't have basically a whole lot. You can't trade picks. I think it's you can only do every other year. So right now they don't have their 2024. That means (sighs) they have to trade 2026, 2028 and beyond. Those aren't a lot of assets that they can move. So the devs can only trade two once July kicks in. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily stuck, but I do feel a lot of apprehension from the fans, goo about whether you want to make a move because this new forward-focused starting yeah. lineup looks like it might I'm have tingling something. tingling a little bit. Ab. A little bit. It's yeah. been two games, but they have looked a lot better. And uh, I do want to hear from you, 888 957 So let's get out to Nick in Ohio. I we'll want to talk about one of those forwards, Andrew Wiggins. What's going on, Nick? How you doing?
4: Pretty good, fellas. Um, I, you know Andrew's been so inconsistent and not just his skills of play on the court, but his effort, it seems like, just, you know, from day to day, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't know how into the game he's going to be. And I'm wondering if he's playing better, a little bit better now because he's been hearing the the trade chatter and he doesn't want to leave the situation he's got. So for now, he's doing okay. You know, Uh, what do you think?
0: Yeah, again, I'm still where I was at a month ago, which is the best case scenario for Andrew Wiggins is he increases his value, his stock rises, and you use that to move one of your long-term contracts. Now, he might be more valuable to the Golden State Warriors than he is to another team, Mm -hmm. but if he plays like this, it's always interesting to me, Gu, how we want to sell low on players, and this is just, you know, fantasy GM hat, but we always want to sell low on players. We never want to sell high on them, which is actually how it works. Like, you don't sell a low stock. You sell a high stock after if it's improved its price. Mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins, I think, is improving his price right now. And would be able to fetch you much more than you would a month ago, and yet we're starting to see people say, "Well, actually, no. Now I want to keep him." Yeah,
2: well, that's interesting. Yeah, to me. I've been consistent with that, and you're right, Evan. But the, you know, the the rats on the table when it comes to Wiggins, and just speaking of a team that <laughs> wanted his Echo. services, thank you. They wanted his services, Evan. They know what's on the label. This guy, when he plays, can be productive. Problem is, he can also be K-Wig and send your radio station out of business because he'll show up and looks like he does not want to play. But you said something that hit me, and this is me and why this fuels my hope, Evan – is he is more valuable to you. He fits perfect in what you want to do right now and his skill set. And in 2022, you know what I'm saying? So we've seen it to where it was beautiful music. It's just about mindset. But I do wonder, Evan, now, if somebody at home, a friend, a family member, maybe just himself looking himself in the mirror, if if all this new refound energy is not what I was hoping it was for, he's watching Kaminga just grow, and maybe he doesn't want to leave Golden State, and he's thinking, okay, if I go out there and do what I should have been doing in regard to effort and 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 passion, maybe they'll hold on to me, Evan. He's definitely been more engaged, and he was going for loose balls last. Yeah. The, how low is the bar if I'm saying that? Said well, player went for the ball. Like, he was really down there, like, going through the like, trying to get the ball. And I'm like, that. it wasn't just Draymond. I'm like, look at
0: Wig. Well, when you haven't seen the effort for a long time oh, and it shows up, man. I think it's going to be glaring. Wow. Like, I, I think that's Talk also, you know, the offense, offensive defense, when the defense shows up, it's also because we've seen them been giving up 140 points a game, <sighs> been giving up 70 and halves. So when Draymond Green shows up and the defense looks amazing, or looks... Different. Okay, it does look more amazing than it actually is. <laughs> you know, I'd like they've been a middle of the middle of the road defensive team with Draymond Green, but without him, they've been absolutely horrible. So I think his impact is felt as well. And maybe Andrew Wiggins is someone that likes playing alongside Draymond Green and Jonathan Kaminga. I think to me, more the emergence of Kaminga has extracted the best out of Wiggins because in any competitor, you want to match what's going on beside you. And Wiggins has arrived, in my mind, not as a perennial all-star, but as a player that could be a number 2 option on a solid team, on a team that's trying to make the play-in. And he's played consistently now for about two months, and it looks like this is the guy who could. Take the mantle potentially in the future in a couple of years when and if Steph decides to hang him up. Uh,
2: No doubt. And he's not deaf. uh, Talking about Wiggins or blind. So he's hearing all the good stuff that's coming Kaminga's way. Um, Evan, I'm sure just from a pride standpoint, you know, obviously you're older than Kaminga, but it's about the Golden State Warriors. And you know what people are saying about you and your brand that, you know, it's not about talent. It's just about lack of urgency. But, Evan, for him to be averaging uh, on the year, Andrew Wiggins, 12 points. That's just, I can't buy it. Warrior fans can't buy it. Hopefully that that improves, but it looks like the guy for the last couple of games, like the light's on. And when you watch him
0: drive and finish, Evan, it's like, where has this been? Well, he's what, the fourth highest paid player on the team? <sighs> So, if he's your fourth option, that's not the worst place to be. The issue is he hasn't been your fifth, sixth, or seventh option at times throughout the season. If Kaminga has emerged as a 20-point-per-game scorer, which it looks like he's stepping into that place, well then that does take pressure off of Clay and Wiggins, and maybe those guys are more in the three and four roles in their careers. Wiggins is, this is his tenth year, he's got a lot of mileage on his legs. Maybe he's a guy that prefers to be behind the one and two. He's got the skill set of a one, or he's got the athletic ability of a 1, skill set of a 2, but the mentality more of a 3 or a 4. So I wonder if that does affect the way that people look at him on the trade market. It's been floated, this idea of a trade player for player involving Andrew Wiggins. I would certainly be open to that. I know people are asking about who. Uh, To me, players that have lesser contracts because, again, you don't have as much financial flexibility Mm -hmm. this offseason, and I would just like to be able to, ideally, clean the books in order to set yourself up to retool for a bigger run next year? Because I don't think even if the Warriors do initiate and... Execute operation play in or playoffs. I don't know how far they actually go in the postseason. Even if the starting five looks like it's the best team or best version of themselves. You know what? You
2: booked uh, Geltizer from uh, what, Sirius XM NBA Radio, one of a friend of the show. Remember what he said about Andrew Wiggins? He said he didn't think he was in shape, and he talked about look at his arms and yada yada yada. But I'm wondering. If Brian was, BG was onto something, Evan, and let's just say it was a uh, not giving out passes, because I know a million people could ask, why would it even get to this point? But let's just say he's got his wind or feet underneath him, and maybe that's what's fueling what we see that is
0: glaring, as you mentioned, in regard to Andrew Wiggins. Looks like he's invested. He is for now. 888 8, 8, oh, is the number. Jan's been hanging on in Mountain View. What's going on, Jan? How are you?
1: I'm doing okay. How are you two guys doing? All right, Fantastic. Hey. Well, what I wanted to bring up was uh, why won't the uh, why can't the officials after you know in the post game uh, be questioned by the media as to how many fouls they're uh, giving up throughout the game?
2: Million dollar question, young know, lady. <laughs> I, I I don't understand why the athletes and the coach Evan could could be questioned, but the refs are off limits.
1: Because they get, you know, they're given too many ticky fouls and uh, some that are outrageous. And I just don't understand why they can't be questioned just like the players are questioned after the game.
0: Well, occasionally That's there are all. pool reports and, and they go in and ask them. But it's not like the NFL where they literally have to sit there and John, take what were you thinking
2: on that call on Evan? Yeah, but I would love to kind of you know. Well, I got it wrong,
0: you know, I messed up. Hey, Tony uh, Brothers, how come? You know, look at you! Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think get to sit at the yeah. podium, but oh, no! <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. Yeah,
2: I don't remember that play. I'd have to go look at the film. Yeah,
0: yeah. Imagine you're getting coach speak from the officials. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, you know heat of the moment, bang bang play, fifty fifty call, and we're just going to try and be better next game. Go out there and give it our all and. Give it 110% and just want to thank God for the opportunity to blow the whistle look on a daily that. basis. And, you know, just just going to think about that call all night. It might bother me, but we're, gonna, we're just going to try and be wow. better next week.
2: Who, who got a tech for the Warriors last night? Kaminga. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, JK. Come <laughs> yeah. on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Kuminga, JK Kuminga was running good. hot. I'm like, look at Dre. Like, he's feeling good now. You know, he can give up a point.
0: Yeah. yeah. Seven straight games with 20 <laughs> points for Jonathan Kaminga. What, what was the stat from. Uh, Elias, he is the fifth youngest player ever to score 20-plus in seven straight games on 50 that, or better shooting from the big. floor. That's big. He has begun to arrive, And that pain area he's is heaven. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that restricted. I mean,
0: he, man. It's unrestricted for him.
2: No doubt about he it. Even and getting he's getting in there. He's a strong boy.
0: man. He is. 888-957-9570 is the number. Um, if you feel like the stock is trending in the right direction for the Warriors to grow internally, we'll be taking calls on that. Also, if you feel like you're still with moving one of these pieces. If you think it's Chris Paul, I think he's a likely guy to be dealt just because of his mm. contract, what he could provide for another team. If you think it's still Wiggins, um, we'll be taking your calls at 888 But, Gu, I-, I do want to tr- transition over to the 49ers for a sec, All because right. th- I thought that there was something... That was really interesting our boss brought up from, I think this was 2016, right before they hired Kyle Shanahan. This is from Jed York, owner and CEO of the San Francisco 49ers, and he was asked a question after, I think it was the 2-14 season, right? Oh, debacle. Does he deserve to still keep the team? Wow. Does he deserve to be the owner of the San Francisco 49ers? And at the time, I'm pretty sure he's got killed for this. But now looking ahead into 2024 with this team being in the second Super Bowl in five years, four straight NFC Championship games, or three straight NFC Championships games, four in five years, now might be looking a little bit differently. Here's what he had to say back in the day.
3: We haven't accomplished enough. I own this football team. You don't dismiss owners. I'm sorry that that's the facts and that's the case, but that's the fact. And I'm going to do everything that I can to get this right. This isn't about a business and running an operation to make money. We're making sure that we're doing everything that we can to reestablish this culture.
0: So that was him responding to a reporter asking him if he deserved to keep the team or Man. if he should be dismissed okay. as the owner.
2: Right, and he let you know. it's a ballsy question. No, that, you, right? no doubt. Uh, I believe, yeah, no doubt about it. And what a hell of an answer. I mean, and he stood there, said it with his chest, and then look what's... What's happened since? Evan, he's backed away. I'm talking about York, and it's
0: time he get his credit. And that's the thing, too. I know that owners, look, I mean, he was never going to go anywhere. Owners, <laughs> you don't just vote an owner out. Uh, I guess if you're the Green Bay Packers, you're publicly owned, so that might be a little different story. Jerry
2: would be out of Dallas if they could get You him think out. so? Oh, good God. Well, dude, he can draft, but the whole thing, he's in his own way, I believe. And fans would be like, you know what, Step aside.
0: To digress for a moment, the Dallas Cowboys are the number one valued franchise of any sports... Entity, I believe, in the world. Right.
2: And they were. Like had, that that had is started, Jerry Jones doing. No doubt. But they were the Dallas Cowboys before Jerry showed up to Evan. But now, the Times, sign of the Times, things have gotten, you know, the world's different, the mm-hmm. internet. So I get that and I give Jerry credit for that. But I'm just talking about meddling. I'm talking about hiring a GM and delegating those duties to somebody and you just be owner. And I believe York learned from the Harbaugh, whatever went on, and he's kind of just backed out the way. And I hadn't heard that or I didn't remember that sound bite and now look at his team this is their second Super Bowl chance at a Super Bowl under Kyle and the NFC Championship games my point is Evan we don't hear much from him Jed York. And that takes a lot of wherewithal to be like, you know what? I'm going to empower the guys that I have and let Lynch do his job and let Kyle do his job. I'm not trying to do a press conference after the game and say something where people are listening to me more than the coach, you know? I'm kind of staying in my lane as an owner. Yeah,
0: And And that's what I appreciate. Again, this is Jed York from 2016. A lot of people, I think, define this comment as defiant and kind of off a 2-14 and 14 season, well, why are you talking like that? Like, Why are you talking like you still deserve to be the person who's pulling all the strings and someone who's meddling and involved when you're an owner that right now owns a historic franchise that is not doing very well? He was asked about in 2016 if he should be dismissed.
3: We haven't accomplished enough. I own this football team. You don't dismiss owners. I, I'm sorry that that's the facts and that's the case, but that's the fact. And I'm going to do everything that I can to get this right. This isn't about a business and running an operation to make money. We're making sure that we're doing everything that we can to reestablish this culture.
0: And since that happened, Goo, he has been a man of his word. Like, he's spent money man. and put his money where his mouth is. I know that there's a salary cap in football, but you look at paying signing bonuses up front handing dollars out of your pockets in order to satisfy the cap requirements. Mm. Things that he does behind the scenes as far as something like last year when the 49ers were on, I think it was a month-long or three-week-long road trip, being willing to pay extra money out of his pocket so his team could stay in West Virginia in the time zone so they wouldn't have to deal with their bodies going back and forth and getting more rest. Those are all things that fly under the radar that an owner like Jed York, to his credit, because he's not been in the limelight, as of late. He's not as much like Joe Lacob as he is like other behind-the-scenes owners, but it doesn't mean that he hasn't done what he just mentioned, which is trying to get this thing right and putting his money where his mouth is. No
2: doubt. And I think that was great timing that we played that. And also too, Evan, excuse me, Backing up Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch when they wanted to make the move and and spend the the capital to go get Trey Lance, you know. Obviously, if he did if he disagreed with that, he could have vetoed it, but he didn't. He let them go do uh, that. Obviously, it didn't work out. They got Brock Purdy, but I got to be careful here. You brought up Joe Lacob. Could I mirror that sound to when Joe Lacob was booed? I know it was kind of different circumstances, but you know that came. He said that from a point of like. You know, uh, is the word I'm looking for pride? But when Joe got booed on Chris Mullen, you know, remember that? We're going to hang banners. Yeah. Guess what, Evan? They hang banners. They did. And for him to, a guy to, I, forget, I don't know who asked him that question, to say, Do you deserve to own the team? Should you kind of, you know, I'm saying that like your time is up? And for him to be, you know, stand on business, as they say now, that's what Jed did. And he's kind of just been in the background and he's come up aces,
0: man. Well, and you contrast it with, I know, that Jed York hasn't always been the most popular owner and a lot of it I think was because of the yeah exactly and the the sort of spat or back and forth with Harbaugh during that time when they were winning. It was like people were wondering if it was Jim's team, if it was Jed trying to get his team back, and all the back and forth there, the tussle. But you look at a team that was just sold yesterday, like the Baltimore Orioles, and to take you down kind of a road in baseball, like the Angelos are notoriously cheap. I know their patriarch just passed away. That's why they've sold the team for $2 billion to a a different group. But that team is one that had and does have young star power. They just won 101 games. They made the playoffs for the first time in a long time. It looks like they were on the rise. A change in ownership is good for them because that ownership never demonstrated a, a a want to to invest in the team. In fact, they publicly came out and said last year that it, they're not sure it's financially feasible to keep that young core together. Oof. Those are the kind of things you don't want to hear from owners. So even though Jed York might have been painted in a bad light, even during some of his lesser days, he's never said that there isn't a 49er first mentality. He's never put his own business to his credit like in that statement. He's never put his business before for the 49er brand. He understands what it's about in comparison to people in Baltimore who have also been able to... They've done things like trying to you know, quiet their broadcaster for telling the truth last year, taking suspended. him off the air. He yeah. got suspended internally by the team. Like Those are things that bad wow. ownership, ownership groups do. I know that wins and losses are what dictates how we look at a certain individual, but Jed York, I think, has been... Maybe unfairly maligned early on, but I think we got to give him credit now for the growth that he's made because he does appear to be a different individual. No
2: doubt, Evan. Good stuff. And I'll say this with 11 days before the Super Bowl. I do wonder, before we played that sound, you can let me know on your end, Spadona can do the same. How much, if not, do you think we would have heard Jed York's name leading up to the Super Bowl had we not played that sound? Not a lot. Like, that's just amazing to come up with that and, and the job that he's done, the restraint. And you're right. It's never been Penny Pincher. Um, never, you know, going on. He's provided the necessary resources for the guys at the helm, the coach, the general manager, to do their thing. And, man, I mean, he what? He's eleven days from the bling, possibly.
0: Yeah, and and it doesn't mean that the way that Jed York does things is necessarily better than how you know, for example, Joe Lacob does it. Like I was watching a but clip was, last night because all the 49ers were in attendance, right? That was dope. I mean, yeah. Debo, Iuke, uh George Kittle was there with his wife. We saw the defensive lineman Armstead, Armstead Kinlaw, yeah. Chase mm-hmm. Young. I think Logan Ryan must have also yeah. been there. There's a lot of big boys in the house. In fact, early in the game, because it was a little sleepy at Chase Center, oh, to be boy. honest. Hey. the biggest cheer, the biggest ovation was when George Kittle walked courtside with the Looney jersey yeah, on. Yeah, I saw you. I mean, it was it was, it was was huge. And I think listening to Lake after the game, you know, saying we're supporting the 49ers, we're on board, go out and win the Super Bowl. Not all owners are like that, yeah. even with their own team. And it doesn't mean that it's the wrong way to do things. It's just two different ways to skin a cat. And Jed York has shown in the last half decade that the way that he operates his business, empowering guys like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan can also be a quality way to go about trying to win in your respective sport.
2: Evan, it's to the point now where I just envisioned the ceremony, and I don't want to jinx the Niners where it's over and the owner is presented the trophy. Like we could definitely see some emotion because he's been close. Evan, he's had his guts ripped out, you know, with the Baltimore Raven loss, and then also when the Niners losing to the Chiefs, uh, blowing that ten point lead. So. Just imagine how, and they all will, I understand, but just imagine you're getting that moment if, uh, I don't know who's going to present him the trophy, but if Nance presents him with the trophy, I mean, man, it's
0: just a signature moment for Niner fans and uh, Mr. York. Well, speaking of Chase Center and the Golden State Warriors, it is time for the secret sauce of the game brought to you by our friends at Proposition Chicken. Steve Kerr, something to say about a topic we've talked about a lot yesterday. That is Andrew Wiggins.
2: I think Wiggs has been better for about a month. We saw it with his defense, with his movement, um, but I think what's happening now the last few games is, oh, thank you, Raymond, better late than never. I just think Wiggs' <laughs> defense has been good, like I said, for a month or so, but offensively, with the lineup change, there's a little more space the way we're playing, and, and um, we're able to play a little bit faster, and he's, you can see he's getting downhill, getting to the rim. He's uh, doing some things that are very comfortable for him, so he's
4: really starting to get into a good group of
0: five straight games with double digits for Andrew Wiggins and that was the secret sauce from Steve Kerr of the game presented by Proposition Chicken. Their chicken goes three ways fried, flipped, and fake. Order now at propositionchicken.com Also a reminder that that segment was brought to you by In at the Tides. Relaxing days, stunning sunsets. Winter is a magical time in Bodega Bay. Come experience it all at In at the Tides. Winter midweek rates started just one seventy nine per night and also include breakfast and a bottle of wine. I need a couple of those this weekend. Upon arrival, book ahead at In at the tides.com and a final reminder that it is a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by the Valley Heating uh, Valley Heating, cooling, electrical, and solar, locally and family owned and the home of the old fashioned service for all of your home comfort needs since 1962 check them out at valleyheating.com that again is valleyheating.com our partners here on a Warriors Wednesday let's dig into the San Francisco 49ers coming up next, Jed York certainly has flipped the script in the bay but so has the quarterback Brock Purdy and I wonder what Vegas is telling us about the 49ers' chances in Vegas when they take on the Kansas City Chiefs in 11 days. Super Bowl 58. We cannot wait. We're breaking it down. Coming up next, Evan getting in for Matt Steimetz alongside Daryl the Guru Johnson. Back after this on 95.7 The Game.